and for God's presence there. This is from Mackenzie Mahan. So let's be praying for uh, Mr. Randy's family. And then let's be praying for Jack Davis Sr. Uh, he has uh, one eye and is having problems with his good eye. And so it's possible that he could lose his sight. So he asked us to be praying for Jack Davis Sr. So let's remember this one in prayer. Obviously this morning, uh, so many of us are going to be lifting up the Dewey family. It looks like that those services will be here on Saturday, uh, October 21st. Uh, there won't be a visitation or anything, but it'll be uh, at 10 o'clock. I'm going to confirm those tomorrow and we'll make put something out, but that's what it looks like that we've decided that we're going to do. And uh, so it'll just be a memorial service at 10 o'clock on that Saturday. Uh, and we would like uh, for the choir to be here if they can. They've kind of uh, uh, let me know that there's some songs that they would like sung. So I'll talk to Daryl about that as well. So keep lifting that family up in prayer. Uh, and then this morning, just as much as they were on our hearts, uh, you know, it's like the Lord too to remind us of others. But Brother Phil was here. Fisher was on the back row. And Trent Sainer was here. And uh, I actually called Trent this week because uh, just what they were going through. And I wanted to talk to Trent for a moment. And, and he was just sharing with me about, you know, how hard it is. And how, how much he just, he needs the prayers of God's people. And how much he needs God's people. So please... Those that have lost loved ones, let's lift them up in prayer. Let's reach out to them. If you think about it, just the, as simple as a text or a call can absolutely mean the world. We talk about that a lot. So let's be praying and lifting them up. And I know that you will for so many of them. Uh, so let's, uh, like I said, be in much prayer for those. We're going to open up in a word of prayer this evening. Ask the Lord to just help us and meet with us tonight. Uh, we're excited, again, to, to be in his house and worship. Even though there's times when our hearts are breaking, we know that this is the place where we can get the comfort, we can get the uh, strength that we need. So we're looking for that this evening, and we're just asking the Lord to help us. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Gwen, if he would, to stand up right where you are and open us up in a word of prayer. Amen. There. 
has taken and all my sorrows born. In temptation, he's my strong and mighty time. I'm all for him forsaken and all my idols torn from my heart and now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the To my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here. While I live my faith to his blessed will. Oh, all the fire about me, I'm nothing now to fear. With this manna, he my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory to see his blessed face where rivers of delight shall ever roll he's a lily of the valley the bright and morning star he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul amen you may be seated and just a couple of announcements let's please remember them uh, youth group and discovery club tuesday night 6 30 to 8 30 don't forget that and then we mentioned it this morning. What a great big thank you to everyone that helped out with the Nottingham Neighbors event. We're thankful how that went. Young Adults Bible Study, Saturday, October 21st at 7. The Harvest Fest and Trunk or Treat, Saturday, October 28th, uh, noon until 3. We've been making a lot of that. And then also we're looking for the candy. Uh, dollar Dog Night on October 29th. That's a youth Sunday. So we'll have a Dollar Dog Night. All of that will help with a rise next year. Children's Christmas Play Practice will begin on Saturday, November the 4th. Don't forget that, 915 to 11.30. There's a sign-up sheet at the information desk for all those that would like to be in the children's Christmas play. And you can see Sonia Jennings if you have any questions about that. Mark your calendars. November 11th, we'll have our annual WMU Thanksgiving banquet and auction at 5.30 in the Fellowship Hall. Please be thinking about homemade and handmade crafts, baked goods that you can donate for the auction. And then and on November the 18th, There'll be a work day. Saturday, November the 18th, there'll be a work day at the church beginning at 8.30. And they're going to go until they can complete some things. There's a couple of things to do. Lunch will be provided. Please come out and lend a hand. So remember all of those. We're thankful to be a part of a church that's got plenty to do. Amen. And we're praising the Lord for that. All right. At this time, we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday evening tithes and offerings. Amen. Billy, will you ask the blessing on the offering? Lord, we do thank you for this day you bless us with, Lord. We thank you for the service this morning, Lord. We thank you for your sweet spirit that we felt, Lord. Again, we do uh, pray that you be with the ones that lost loved ones, Lord. Amen. We just pray for the services tonight, be with the choirs that sing, be with the one that stands for bring us the message, Lord. We just ask that you will bless this offering, bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 355. Everybody stand. Praise him. Praise him. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing the world, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor, give to His holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard His children. In his arms, he carries them all day long. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. Praise him, praise him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins he 
suffered in bed and died. He, our rock, our hope of eternal salvation. Hail him, hail him, Jesus the crucified. Sound his praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows. Love unbounded, wonderful, deep and strong. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. Right, choir, come on up. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals, loud with hosannas ring. Jesus, Savior, reigneth forever and ever. Crown Him, crown Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious power and glory unto the lord belong praise him praise him tell of his excellent greatness praise him praise him ever in joyful song amen you may be seated Just what he's done Start counting my blessings One by one I sure don't deserve All that he's done for me But I'll praise him forever Through eternity And I am amazed That he'd take the time To give me such blessings That fill up my life God is so good I cannot Died on the cross just to show me his love. He's building me a home in heaven above. I am amazed that he'd take the time to give me such blessings that fill up my life. God is so good, I cannot express how thankful I am. As I journey this way But His mercies are new Every day His grace is sufficient For every trial He amazes me more and more Every mile He gave me His word In His blessed old book It speaks to my heart Every time I look He loves me and He helps when I'm tempted to sin Through Christ my Lord Over Satan I bear I am amazed That he'd take the time 
choir comes down, tell them it's good to see them tonight. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Zechariah, chapter number 12. Just a few more chapters in the book of Zechariah that we're going to look at. If you've read ahead, you know there's 14. And we've kind of already, uh, really we've got enough that we can put those things together. Wanted to sing that song tonight because that song helps us out in a lot of ways with, with prophecy, with the prophetic looking of things there's no doubt that throughout we were me and Derek and Eric were talking about it before that in the Old Testament Jesus Christ is the focus of it but he is being slowly revealed uh, we don't see him fully we see types and shadows throughout the whole thing we see in the tabernacle all of these types and shadows of Jesus Christ and uh, and the work that he will do. And we could just keep going on and on. You know that. Until eventually he comes on the scene as a little baby born in Bethlehem. And the angels pronounce his birth. And all creation was recognizing who he was. I, I was reading a, 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 a commentary. Not, well, it wasn't really a commentary, but it was a book not too long ago called Miracles of Our Lord. And it spoke to the fact that for Jesus, these things that he did was not even really a miracle. He was the author of, uh, of time and the author of all of the things that we know. And so for him to, to stop the waves and for him to, uh, to deal with the things the way he did, it wasn't even a miracle for him. He is the one that's in control of all of nature to begin with. And so for Jesus Christ, these things were natural and nature was aware of who he was and what was going on. And so we see him revealed in that song also. We see that, that he is indeed coming back one day and he is going to come and rule and reign. And we see that all throughout the prophecies that we see. We see near prophecy we see prophetic prophecy about Jesus Christ and we see far prophecy pertaining to the return of Jesus Christ and the establishment of his kingdom throughout all of the earth. And this is what Jesus Christ is going to do and we're thankful for every part of it. And we are thankful that no matter how I don't exactly know what he's going to look like when he comes back. I mean, I understand some of it. He's going to come on a white horse. I understand that part. I got some of those things. But I don't know all of it. But I know that I will recognize him. I will say that's him. He's the one and there will be no doubt about it. All right. Go with me, if you would, to Zechariah chapter number 12 this evening. We've been looking at so many of these different passages of Scripture uh, and noting them. I'm not going to read the whole chapter uh, as I have been doing. Uh, and just for sake of, uh, I know that sometimes it gets into things that uh, we just get lost in. And so I don't want to do that this evening. Uh, but I will give you uh, quite a few of them this evening. Uh, and I, but I just want to look at verse number 10. Uh, I want to read that. Uh, and then we'll ask the Lord to help us and preach the message that's on our heart. Zechariah chapter 12, verse number 10. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem 
the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to open up the Word of God. We're praying tonight that your Word would do a work that we can't do. We are also wanting to be faithful to the Word of God, trusting that faithfully preaching the Word of God will uh, convince, will speak loudly into people's hearts that they are looking for Jesus Christ. Dear God, I think about that song and I, don't, I do not know what it will take for a heart to recognize Jesus Christ, for that light to shine upon their heart and life. I know that it's the Holy Spirit that does that work. I know that it is the moving of it. And dear God, we want to be careful that we don't hinder it, that we speak plainly about it. And dear God, we, we have so many on our hearts right now that have been visiting that are walking through valleys that we are just praying that the Holy Spirit would speak into their heart, that they would recognize Jesus Christ, that they would fall in love with Him. Uh, we're not looking for anything else. We're not trying to convince them because of other reasons. But dear God, on this fact alone, we want them to realize what Christ has done for them. We want that to overwhelm their heart and them to say, Christ, we love you. We will follow you. What a simple message it is that we preach. And yet, dear God, let it, let it loom large in someone's heart, even this evening. We do have those that we're praying for often. Dear God, it's amazing those that you've been bringing into our congregation to hear the word of God. Dear God, give us that boldness to speak it. And even tonight, as we contemplate on Jesus Christ, and how he's revealed to us. Dear God, we look on these passages fondly. We look at them and say, that's Jesus. We see him. This is what he's done for me. And dear God, tonight, may that truth ring into a heart that maybe it's never, it's never been there before. And tonight they would say, yes, that's him. That's the one that my soul is longing for. Dear God, we praise you and thank you for your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We've been going through the book of Zechariah. We're almost done. I want to remind you of a few things this evening. And I want to remind you of the fact that as you look at the book of Zechariah, I never want you to get overwhelmed because I always want to keep that big picture in mind. When we go through chapters 1 through 8, we saw the visions that Zechariah received. They are the dealings with Israel in the past the dealings with Israel as they were uh, being uh, leading up to their judgment and leading up to their captivity. You also remember that this is a post-captivity book. That means that they have returned to Jerusalem and they are building, rebuilding the wall. They're rebuilding the temple. They're doing all that work and this is to encourage them. And as they look back at those, uh, at those times when they when they were leading up to, to captivity, it's hard to remember it, but yet at the same time, when we looked at all of those visions, if you remember and look back, we kept seeing that Jesus was there all the time. He was there all the time. It was a picture here. It was the one on the red horse. It was the one that was walking. Uh, it was the one that was supplying the, the uh, olive trees. It was the Holy Spirit. And so many different ways he was showing us and proving to us that God the Father was working and that he had a plan through his son Jesus Christ and all the way we could see that even though it felt like Israel was being being rejected and Israel was being punished, which they were, God, it was all a part of God's plan. He never forsake, never was forsaken them. And he was also always had a plan for their near redemption and for their far redemption. 
And it's wonderful that in the Word of God we see that. I always want you to remember as well that this book is dealing with the nation of Israel. I think that's amazing for us to remember. As we go through uh, chapters 10 and 11 and, and transitioning into 12, we see that he starts to deal with them about the future, a little bit, a little bit in the future, the near future. We talked about it already, their rejection of the Messiah that Jesus Christ would come. And we read that passage, didn't we? That here he comes, you daughters of Jerusalem, riding on a donkey. He's meek and lowly. He doesn't come in as a great king, but he comes in on a donkey. And what a wonderful picture we see of that, of Jesus Christ being presented to them in peace. And that's what those things represent. But they rejected Jesus Christ the first time. And because of that, we understand that there was destruction in A.D. 70. And he speaks of that. And as he transitions in 12 and then goes through chapters 13 and 14, he is going to speak of the far prophecies. The prophecies of the return of Jesus Christ the second time. And here's some good news is upon his second return, the nation of Israel will not reject him. And they will call upon him. As we looked in here, they will look upon the one whom they have pierced. <laughs> and they will mourn. Amen. And they will say this. They will say, that's him. That's him. And they will, I'll tell you, I love that song so much. I don't think a lot of you realize how much I love it. I'd request it a whole lot more uh, if I didn't want to. But that's him. All of these things that we see in the scripture, that's him. He's Sharon's rose. That's him, our morning star. Man, think, if you want to go and do some studies on the names of Jesus Christ and the things that he is called and the things that he is, all of those will have a special, unique blessing for you in your life. He's not just called these because they sound beautiful, which they do. Amen? But man, if you've studied that out and what it means to be Sharon's Rose and what it means to be your morning star and all of those different things, it's amazing what he is and how he is for us. And they will look upon Jesus Christ and they will call out as he comes back the second time and he will rule and reign. And we already have talked about it over and over that the church will be removed, right? And the light of the gospel will be handed once again to Israel and they will be a light to all of the nations of the goodness of God and the wonder of God and the manifold blessings of God. We understand, and they're going to talk about it in this as well. They even discuss it in chapter number 12. And I really don't have time to go through it all. That guess what? All of the nations of the world will come against Israel. They will be, they will be, there's a lot that's in here. And, and again, I want you to go home and study it because it's not the focus of my message tonight. But he talks about how they will, they will go after Israel as, as one would go after drink and they will tremble. And it literally means that they will be drunk with the idea of destroying Israel and going after them. Isn't it amazing how the prophecy of the word of God seems so relevant today? Right? It was only a couple weeks ago that a lot of our most uh, trusted, uh, what do you want to call them, foreign policy experts and people all around the world were noting that isn't it amazing that in Israel and in the Middle East now, they are experiencing peace like they've never experienced before. Just a couple of weeks ago. As a matter of fact, there was people saying this all the time, that the Abrahamic Accords and all of these things were bringing unprecedented peace. To the place of Israel. And guess what? I, I believe this and I don't try to get political. You know that. I don't, I don't do that from the pulpit. I believe this is biblical, not political. I believe that there are those who are determined to see Israel destroyed because they have a biblical man. That's, this is what has happened to them because of what the Bible has said. And because of that, when they see any kind of peace, when they see that coming about, they say, not on our watch. And they seek to destroy Israel. And they've come in. And with, with the slaughter that we already talked about on Wednesday night, unseen. And now we find that place once again 
once again being the hotbed of all kind. How can such a small little country seem to be the focus of the whole world, right? Well, it's because it's God's chosen people. It's because there is something unique about them that God has chosen them and he hasn't forsaken them. And aren't you glad that if the promises of God are true to them, right? That they're true to us as well. And he's a great and gracious God to us as well. And God proves how wonderful he is in his goodness to them. And we see this playing out. We've talked about this, that prophecy, the part of it is that we can see the steadfastness of God. That if he is true in one thing, he's going to be true to us. And we know this and we see right now that the whole world is making their focus once again on this tiny little place and war. And everybody is concerned about what is Israel going to do. Everyone is concerned about how will they react. And what they should do. And man, again, I will say it again. It matters what you do with Israel. And I'm praying that our country will stand by the things that it is saying. And it will stick true to those things. And it will fight right alongside of them. Uh, And again, I'm not going to get political about that. Because I have really strong opinions on that. And what we should be doing. But anyway. Because I, I really try hard not to get political from the pulpit. But boy, it touches these biblical things that we see. And I do know one thing. It matters what we do with Israel. It matters what we do with Jesus Christ. And so we see all of these things pointing again. And here he speaks of that, that everyone will, will, be, will be going after them. But while those things are being said... Throughout this passage of scripture, and this is all I want to do tonight. Throughout these these prophecies, we see these glimpses of Jesus Christ. We see these times that the curtain is pulled back just a little bit. And we see that Jesus Christ is brought to us. We already talked about that when we looked in verse number 11. And we looked about the fact that they rejected him. Uh, And and here he was. He was coming in, riding on a donkey. He was coming in uh, and he was presented to them, but they wouldn't accept them. And we see so clearly how that represents and looks like Jesus Christ. And then tonight... When I read that scripture to you, right? If you are a Bible student at all, you looked at that and you knew exactly who we were talking about, didn't you? That that here he is. Let's look. They will look upon. No, I love this. I've always read this and and I've always said they will look upon the one whom they pierce. But I kept reading it because what does he say here? Because this is Christ himself speaking, he says, they will look upon me whom they have pierced. They will see me. They will understand who I am. They will understand that the one who is returning, who is returning in power... I love that song that Daryl sings too, that here he comes uh, and he's coming out of the clouds and the blood that's upon his vesture, right, is the blood that flowed from Calvary. And even though he's coming again in white robes of victory, he still has the prince uh, in his hands and in his feet and in his side to say, this is the one that you pierced. And they look and they go, we remember where those marks came from. We know who he is. We know who he is. And I want to, like I said, I'm just going to take a minute, but I'm only going to look at two of them. And this is really not a good outline, not like this morning was such a, you know, boom, boom, boom outline, but we're just going to look at them and we're going to notice a few things. So let's notice these. Number one, they will look upon, we've already said that, they'll look upon me whom they have pierced. Jesus Christ is calling for the world to recognize who he is and what he has done, right? Those are the two parts that are so important to us looking at Jesus Christ and understanding who he is. This is is the Christ. This is the third person of the Trinity. 
This is the one for us if we want to get a little deep tonight that we look back and we say that when God said, let us create the heavens and the earth, that it was the triune God speaking and that Jesus Christ himself was present in creation. He was present before the foundation of the earth. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ says to God the Father, right before he goes to the cross, he says, restore to me the glory that I had with you before the foundation of the earth. He says, show them the love that you showed me before the foundation of the earth. He is saying, I am... You need to recognize I am the triune God, the second person of the Trinity. I am one with God. I am all God, but I am also the one that came and walked upon this earth and lived a sinless, spotless life. This is Jesus Christ. And now upon my return, I am the one and the same. I know you don't, maybe don't recognize the glorified body right away. But trust me, it's me. Look at my hands and look at my feet. It's me. And they will look upon the one whom they have pierced. And they will mourn. They will mourn. Number one, they'll look at him. Number two in this one, the wounds are a reminder of the cost of grace. Notice what he says in our passage of scripture that we looked at. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. The pouring out of God's grace upon us cost God his own son. This favor that we receive, this riches that we have been extended to us by Jesus Christ, by God the Father, came at a price. And what was that price? Death on the cross of Calvary. By his wounds I have been healed. It is by his stripes that I'm healed. It is by his wounds that I receive forgiveness of sins. It costs Jesus Christ. And when we look upon those, we remember and we understand that guess what? There was a price to pay. And he was not paying for his sin. He was paying for mine. This is the important part of looking upon Jesus Christ. That he is paying and has paid and has forever paid, and he has provided grace at quite a cost to himself that we could be free, that we could have forgiveness. He paid the price for our sins on the cross of Calvary. Grace was extended to us. Supplication was given to us. Our sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ, and I bear them no more. Jesus Christ. It's a reminder that that. Notice not only that, but we see this in this passage of Scripture. And they shall mourn for him. Aren't these beautiful lines that we see? As one mourneth for his only son. We understand from the New Testament that God gave his only begotten son. And we see that they look upon him and also weep and mourn with the same, with the same uh, 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 loss and the same sense of it, understanding the price that was being paid. Listen, if we do not look upon the sufferings of Jesus and have our hearts moved with compassion and moved with the fact that this was done for us and mourn over the loss of Christ, then I'm telling you, repentance is hard for us to do. We should look at Jesus Christ and say, I am overwhelmed that he would do that for me. Yeah. And we mourn it. We mourn it. i got to keep moving on. Let's look at the second one that I want to look at. In chapter 13 and verse number 6, what another beautiful passage of Scripture speaking to Israel. Remember, this is second coming stuff. And then, he, and then so verse number 6, And one shall say unto him, what are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, 
those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Oh boy, right? What a powerful passage of Scripture. What are these wounds? What is this that's in your hands? Why is it that someone who is glorified in a body that is, that is holy, that is in, in its glorified perfection, why is it that there are these marks on you that seem like they shouldn't be there? He says, I received these in the house of my friends. Isn't it amazing that after all we did to Christ, that he still calls us friend. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't hold a grudge? Aren't you glad that Jesus on the cross of Calvary said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Aren't you glad that God looks upon our frame and knows that we are just dust and considers us anyway and calls us friend. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Have you experienced that in your life? That's him, you know. He is love demonstrated, embodied, walking about everything that he did, said, I love you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? We should be overwhelmed by the great love. And you know what? I keep taking so much joy in this. Israel gets a second chance. Isn't that amazing? And I'm so glad that he keeps giving me second chances too. Amen? I'm going to read this hymn. Daryl, you guys come around and get a hymn of invitation this evening. And I'm just going to read this one to you. It was in my heart all the time. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus... Vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. Underneath me, all around me, is the current of thy love, leading onward, leading homeward to thy glorious rest above. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, spread his praise from shore to shore. How he loveth, ever loveth, changeth never, nevermore. How he watches o'er his loved ones, died to call them all his own. How for them he intercedeth, watcheth o'er them from the throne. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, love of every love the best. Tis an ocean full of blessing, tis a haven giving rest. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, tis a heaven of heavens to me, and it lifts me up to glory, for it lifts me up to thee. Dear Heavenly Father, use the words tonight, use the holy word of God in its perfection to speak into our hearts tonight. Dear God, if there's someone here who has never experienced the love of Christ in their life, Dear God, let tonight be that night. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. As we stand and as they sing. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he would give his only son. To make a wretch his treasure How great the pain of searing 
his wounds which mar the chosen one. Bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin. 